awareness alone of how many people can recognize uh, the name of the company that I work for doesn't necessarily mean that they have that that feeling or that sense that you want your brand to occupy in their mind. B2B has the potential to be electrifying. But the industry is paralysed by a culture of conservatism, scared stiff in a straitjacket of rational ideas. It's time for change. It's time to make B2B marketing visceral. Join us as we uncover and explore the truth with leading B2B marketers. This is B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth. Welcome to B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth. I'm Richard. And I'm Benedict. Today, we have the absolute pleasure of introducing Kat Norden on the show today. She's Head of Global Marketing at Adyen, but also we used to work with Kat. Um, So Kat, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Would you like to give the audience a very quick intro into who you are and where you've come from? Absolutely. So I started my career in um, like almost all English literature majors wanting to work with writing in some capacity. I had my own translations company. I did a lot of copywriting um, and then realized that there was an opportunity to get kind of closer to the strategy, went into advertising, worked as a planner um, at Ogilvy uh, and a few other agencies, had a really good time. But even there, I sort of felt that when you're at that layer where you're doing a campaign, there are still things that you, you can't really impact. Like what's the what's the ultimate goal that you want to reach? How do you get even closer to that? And that's actually how, how we ended up working together because then I, I joined you guys at Raconteur working with B2B marketing kind of for the first time. Uh, and from there, um, yeah, loved it. Wanted to keep working in B2B. Ended up at Agen and uh, now I lead our global marketing there. Fantastic. Um, and today we're going to be talking around um, what is often a tension, I think, within many more marketing organizations. And that is that slight sort of uh, terse relationship between global marketing, which is centralized, and then the, the local markets. And I think from sort of like my observations, despite there being almost a trope within the sort of the industry about global marketing sitting in their ivory tower and laying down the law for all the local markets, there still hasn't been that change. And actually what we're seeing, and I think this is a bit of a provocative truth, is that global marketing feel that they have the sort of the monopoly on knowledge and the monopoly on the direction that should be set. They take a very top-down approach with those local markets and prescribe almost how it should be activated um, within local markets without that local knowledge, um, which I think is an error. And that's that's definitely the point that I want to make. But I'm interested, do you agree with that sort of assertion that it is a very top-down prescriptive approach and there isn't that opportunity for more of a sort of uh, collaborative dynamic? It can absolutely be that way. I think that can easily become the default unless you actively try and change it. And that's something that we worked a lot with at Agent in creating a global marketing organization and really thinking about what does a what does a global marketing function do? How do you work with local teams and how do you create a strategy together? So it's also something that I'm passionate about changing the perception that global marketing should be a prescriptive 
this is where we're going and local teams just execute upon that. And if we're to put that into to practice, um, now there is always going to be a degree of reality that the, um, the thought process will start at that sort of global level because that's where the global targets will be and then it's about sort of cascading it down. But to get a sort of meaningful point of co-creation, when should local teams be brought into that sort of strategic thinking and in what capacity? Great question. Different companies are structured differently. Mm -hmm. So I think it also depends. What's the scale of your organization? Uh, what layer of leadership do you have on the local side? At Agen, we're a global business. Uh, we're a financial technology mm -hmm. platform. We, we serve uh, mainly enterprise customers. And for that reason, selling payments, which tends to be really local anyways. It, usually, uh, big businesses are served by, by local banks. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've always seen the the need for having strong local teams, not just in marketing, but strong commercial local teams mm -hmm. that understand the challenges that are happening in, let's say, France or in Singapore or wherever that may be. So from um, from our perspective, that's where we started quite bottoms up, having having an HQ team that maybe works a bit more with infrastructure and then having local marketers that can work closely together with their commercial teams. Um, how we have now evolved that is to make sure that we have really clear regional leadership. So we have a head of marketing for EMEA, we have a head of marketing for APAC, we have a head of marketing for Latin America, and we have a head of marketing for North America. And those individuals sit together with, um, let's say, our head of brand or our head of demand generation that have a, a global scope in a uh, marketing leadership team that we where we can drive the strategy together. So that's how we've chosen to set it up. And I think depending on how you um, how you see that, if you're maybe like earlier on and it's a smaller group or if it's a much bigger scale, you may have to uh, create different solutions in order to be able to create strategy together. From our perspective, it's been about laying out a vision, which is really aligned with what leadership wants mm -hmm. to see at a board level and at a regional level making sure that uh, our regional leadership and, and local teams underneath them understand that direction and then that we um, create milestones that we can focus on a bit more tightly. And, and from your perspective, do you, do you feel that local marketing teams or regional marketing teams, you know, semantically, I'm sort of collecting them t together here. Do you, do you feel they should be enfranchised to challenge um, that vision or that strategy that has been set at that um, global level? Or from a practical perspective, is actually that an unhelpful dynamic? You need to be decisive at the top and then it's about working out how to deliver something. Mm. I think it's really important to have a strategy that you create uh, buy-in around. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, in, uh, in certain instances, there may be a real need to create speed uh, let's say that you are repositioning as we are currently doing. Yep. We, we're adding parts to our offering. We're not just payments. We're offering more financial products in a broader sense. That is a business priority, which means it, it needs to be reflected mm -hmm. in the marketing strategy. But exactly how you do that, uh, how do we reach the, the desired outcome? I think there's quite a room for collaboration and iteration. Mm -hmm. At Agent, being a technology company, we work with a premise, launch fast and iterate. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the global team can be a really strong engine in making sure we launch fast and then giving the, the local teams the room to uh, 
drive or own the iteration. Definitely. And I think when it comes to to buy-in, certainly, it's about people seeing, well, being able to recognize their needs or feeling represented within that sort of, that wider strategy and plan. And I think this is where, from my perspective, it's so important that if you are going through that repositioning exercise you just talked about, is that you build that sort of full nuanced understanding of the audience groups um, in the different geographies as well. Um, Is that something that you've worked hard at creating those channels where insights and understanding around localized audiences can be then fed up to a global level to inform form that strategy? Well, I, I think that's a uh, in itself something that we constantly have to iterate upon. And uh, how we tend to approach audience management is uh, doing, at, doing it in, in two ways simultaneously. At a global level, thinking about where is the business heading? Who are we building our products for? we believe very much in customer-led innovation. So our customers are telling us, hey, we see Mm -hmm. needs for, uh, let's say, faster payouts. Can we make that something that sits on the roadmap? That's a historic example. Uh, If that's something that you're working towards and you then think, now when we have that, what other audiences would this be relevant for? That happens probably more globally. Locally, in terms of thinking about who are we marketing to, how can we make sure that our targeting in our campaigns is as effective as it needs to be, Mm -hmm. that the messaging is right. That is something where local teams will just have a lot more speed if they have freedom. Um, Then we make sure to have forums where we get back together and we talk about strategy and vision and where are we going in the future At the same time, we also leave a lot of room for talking about what is making us successful right now. So what are we learning from campaigns or what are we learning from the initiatives that we're investing in? Uh, And that's something that is almost exclusively driven by the local teams. And you speak about the forums there. So in terms of the balance, you know, it's one thing saying the local teams have the freedom, uh, but obviously they have freedom to an extent. How are you striking that balance and what forums are available Uh, within the organization so in terms of forums i'm thinking mainly of when do we come together to um, talk about where we want to go in the future and where we can also look at current performance and we do that at a few different levels so i refer to our marketing leadership team we get together regularly to go through what's working what's not working where do we need to get to what's the what's the gap Uh, and that sits at a perhaps a more strategic level also to make sure that we are fully aligned and that as a, let's say if you are a, an event manager in Sao Paulo, you should feel like you are getting the same direction from the team there as you are getting from colleagues that sit elsewhere. So that's one of the forms that we've created, which um, is really about strategy and business direction and higher level performance. In addition to that, we, we work in a more um, discipline-focused way. So if you're working with demand generation, we have a global community where regardless if you're working in a local role or in a global role, you come together to share those learnings. So it could be that we see we have this new resource that we want to uh, to test or to implement. And uh, local teams have within that forum the opportunity to say, these are the things that we are currently doing that are working, but also often these are the things that are not sticking mm-hmm. Uh, how should we move forward? Uh, and what I always love seeing is within those forums, the the connections that happen between 
at local teams around the globe. Because the problems that you're facing in terms of what makes a digital campaign successful can be really similar uh, in Singapore to Sweden. So making sure that those teams are encouraged to exchange learnings uh, on, on more of a lateral level mm. is also really important. So you're a business that has grown quite significantly over the last number of years. You're a business that have got operations in many different regions around the world. How do you ensure that um, in addition to those forums, things don't get lost along the way? You talk about the, the critical nature of the global team, obviously filtering down the business's message. How, how, what safeguards are in place to ensure that as you're growing, it's protecting the IP and everything you've got set up to ensure that you get that consistency from a marketing perspective? Yeah, that's a great question. So the way that we have structured the global team is in disciplines. We have what we call acquisition, which is bringing customers in. Uh, we have a customer growth and experience, which is really looking at like how are we serving our existing customers through education and making sure that they are aware of the, the products that we're bringing out. And we have a brand team. And I think in terms of brand as a function in B2B, uh, it's definitely uh, doing many of the exciting things that you see in B2C. What's the perception that you're creating in people's minds, the associations that you're building. But it's also about messaging consistency. How uh, are we uh, working with our visual identity in our campaigns? And having both these more discipline-focused teams as well as local teams that really set a plan and own the execution within their markets, having them connect closely together um, and work directly on projects, particularly bigger campaigns. Let's say if we do a positioning campaign uh, in uh, Brazil, then we will make sure that our brand team are working closely with the local team and that they have a shared view on what success is. And we just have really talented individuals on both sides that like working together. So making sure that that's also a fun experience, I think is really key to uh, creating that consistency that you're uh, talking about. And how much flex do you allow the local markets when it comes to brands? I think that's a really, really interesting um, topic of conversation because brand is led globally in terms of defining what the brand is but the the idea that you can get a singular brand which will be interpreted mm. in the same way in a absolute diversity of different markets is is potentially is potentially naive so i'm interested how do you give that sort of flexibility for that local articulation or actually do you take an approach that consistency is king and therefore we have to be consistent i think it's a really important topic when it comes to b2b in general because mm. a lot of companies just don't get it right mm. it's a challenging topic mm. it's an exciting topic uh, i think the the most important thing is make sure that you hire really solid people on either side hire the best of the best in your brand team hire the best of the best in the local team who are executing those campaigns because smart people tend to make really good choices and brand is not static. Brand is something that you engage with. Yep. So by having folks that understand the strategy, can set the strategy and can drive, uh, drive those projects forward, you tend to see better results. But in terms of how we set it up, if we go a little bit more towards the theory, we think about brand um, in, its, in its purest form as what is the perception that, uh, that your target audience has of you? Um, there's a quote that I love, which is brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room, yep. right? I think you may have spoken about that on this podcast before. That is the sum of everything that you're doing. Uh, 
if we look at what has the most impact, though, it's often those things that we are actively pushing out. So I think a, a core part of managing the brand is ensuring that everyone that is working with marketing in any way understands the brand so that they are also uh, little brand guardians. I don't think we, you can make one team completely accountable for that because then you're going to end up with ways of working that are really process-led and that require a lot of reviews. So that's how we've chosen to approach it on that side. But when we're thinking about what do we want to communicate, uh, what is it that the brand should stand for, that's something that the brand team really drives and then works with regional leadership on. Um, if we think of brand as that ultimate perception, the next part that comes into actually creating a campaign is what position do you want to have in the specific market? Mm -hmm. And that's something that the regional teams really bring to the table because they have that uh, that local view. What's the competition there? Uh, what is it that we want to sell and to whom and why? And marrying the global brand framework together with the local positioning. That's what we have found drive strong campaigns. Excellent. So, I mean, it is, as we kind of would, would hope, it's, it's about providing that toolkit, uh, hiring the smart people and then empowering them to make those sort of right right decisions. Um, have you have you had any, obviously we don't need to name names at all, but any markets that have tried to go a little bit rogue and how have you actually had to win that argument to to get them not to fall in line because i think that's the wrong term but to see how they are part of a wider brand fabric i think there are always times when you are led by your creativity and it takes you into some really interesting territories but they may not uh, truly feel on brand mm -hmm. uh, and something that you mentioned toolkits what i think is really important is to make sure that Brand is not just a feeling, but something that you can quantify. What is it that we want to stand for? If we uh, take an example, Agen is very much an enabler for businesses through technology. So we help businesses um, make whatever experience, be it in payments or, or in the broader world of finance possible, we really give them the tools to, to be successful. If that's the position that we want to hold, then creating campaigns that um, paint us in a, in a different light might not be truly strategically right, mm -hmm. but it could be a really interesting creative territory. Mm. So what we find when that happens, it's really about having that discussion where we go back to the strategy that everyone should have this ability on and, and feel accountable for. Uh, and usually by having those kinds of conversations, I think we, uh, we largely end up with... Um, um, a joint direction, if you will. Uh, and then my, my ultimate view, and perhaps this is also controversial, I think it's okay to let teams experiment. Yep. I think if you try and like hold folks too close to a strategy, uh, strategy is not about where we're gonna be in six months, it's where we're gonna be in the five, 10, 15 years from now when it comes to brand. Mm -hmm. So what is more important for that long-term goal? I, I think it's making sure that people get to the point where they really feel engaged. They understand the overall direction. Um, a few uh, a few experiments along the way will hopefully only get us closer to the ultimate goal. Yeah, I mean, just very, very quickly, <laughs> it isn't, isn't a question, but I think just a, a nice observation. I think it's so helpful when you view strategy within a extended time frame. And it's not about getting to the end destination immediately. That's why you do typically spread it, spread it over a three or five year period and you understand how if you are working towards that end goal, there are different routes. It's not necessarily linear. 
hold that thought because we get on to that, which is basically the business's role or the board's mm. role because traditionally, you, as a marketer or a brand guardian, you might not have the time, the luxury of time, to, to focus on the five years. I just want to go back a, a little bit when you spoke about brand guardianship. Um, and um, as you've scaled and as the business has scaled, how... No, actually, I'm going to re- revise this question. So when we talk about B2C brand and you talk about people experimenting what does experimenting mean to you because in b2c you think of the brands that have experimented a lot with advertising campaigns and brands and really prevailed do you think that a it's been that's been lost or hampered in b2b and b what does experimentation actually mean in the context of your business great questions so to start with what kind of campaigns do we do that relate to brand? They, we tend to think about the large scale campaigns, uh, but there can also be small moments that are really satisfying, right? Like you can build your brand very effectively through social media. Um, I was uh, chatting to uh, some friends over dinner last night and we were talking about uh, Slatan Ibrahimovic, the fact that he once tweeted I love Ikea's meatballs. And then Ikea immediately gave him a lifetime supply of meatballs on Twitter. Uh, that's a really cool brand building moment for them. It's probably not something that's planned. That's a part of their reactive strategy. So I think looking at what does experimentation look like for, for B2B, uh, it's having a really clear view on, on what are branded moments. I think we're still in the process of getting out of like brand as a campaign within B2B in general, but also at Agen, and really thinking about uh, branding as something that you can do at all of these touch points, and you can make so many touch points magical. And that's why traditionally maybe it hasn't been as quantifiable because people have been thinking about it in macro level rather than micro level. That's possible. I think what do you want to measure your brand on? If you are looking at perception change, then you have to measure perception. Uh, Looking at brand and awareness are, are... related but they're not synonymous so awareness alone of how many people can recognize uh, the name of the company that i work for doesn't necessarily mean that they have that that feeling or that sense that you want your brand to occupy in their mind yeah so that's where i'm where we haven't really gotten into measurement but if we start thinking about measurement i would say you can definitely look at awareness but awareness is not the goal awareness is a step along the way towards that perception change and really creating a sense around who who is this brand and what is the role that you play in the world. And I think if that's the goal, the perception and the feeling and the, the connection, there are so many more moments that can bring you there. Can you quantify each of those moments? Well, uh, the fantastic uh, analytics team that I work with tell me that there's a lot more that we can do that mm. I might not even see. So I also think there are really smart people that can speak to the measurement front more eloquently than I can. But I'm less concerned with measuring every moment and saying, this is how it contributes to to the brand in that sense. And more looking at, do we have that ultimate goal? Can we see ourselves moving there? And do we understand uh, what space we want to occupy? And, and that's, I think that segues nicely into where I said, let's park it in the yeah. sense of a, a board level when we think about brand. Do you think the common misconception is that, that marketing have 
previously perceived brand as something that it needs to be in everyone's minds, but the board need to understand the what if about brand. You know, what does that mean? You know, how how much are we selling as a result of having a great brand and and having positive sentiment? Because you could be the most you know, brilliant brand in the world, but ultimately, if you're not selling your your goods or services and making ultimately a profit, why are you here? Yeah, that's a great question. And what we've done at Agin is we've flipped it and we said, let's start with revenue and let's work our way back from there. If we want to sell into a particular segment, what are the things that are needed for us to do that successfully? In our case, we start very much with what is the customer's needs? What products are we building to help with that need? How do we then deliver that in such a way that the, the customer gets the best possible experience? So we are already at a board level, a very customer focused company, which is I think every marketers or sort of brand professionals dream. Um, when it comes to talking about what does the what's needed at that uh, top of the funnel level, uh, for us right now, it's very much about positioning. It's very much about looking at uh, we're a financial technology company, what does that mean? What are actually all the businesses that we can help? that we can solve things for. And I think telling that story really simply at a board level um, helps create that goal of where do we want to get to and what are all the activities that can lead us there um, as opposed to creating an expectation that if we do a brand activity that immediately results in additional revenue because uh, we're probably looking at brand more from the perspective of where do we want folks to uh, to go in their mind when they hear or see or engage with something from Agen in terms of the, the outbound communications that we do? How well do they position us in the mind of our audience? And from there, that opens a lot of doors that, uh, that we see ultimately leads to revenue. But there are a few more steps in between. So uh, going back to our provocative heritage <laughs> and reading between the lines there, basically you're saying that maybe as marketers, we've overcomplicated things to a certain degree previously. I think speaking too much about the theory of what you are doing as a marketer is really interesting for those that are also marketers or in the industry. Think at a board level, uh, it's less important to talk about this is what we wanna do as a brand and more important to talk about what is that goal? Uh, because I think marketing can be very accessible and, and mm. brand can also be quite straightforward. Yeah, yeah and I think that that's the the thing that I've just sort of taken just listening to the conversation over the past five minutes is now whether it's that revenue is the specific goal and I can see how instructive that is, although I, I do always caution about being just totally measuring sort of success or targets on, on revenue. But ultimately what you're saying is if you can reach that point of clarity in terms of what the goal is, then it's about taking that sort of working backwards. What are the practical steps across all of the different dimensions that you need to take? Now, that sounds unbelievably simple um it, and i'm sure many of the viewers are saying well that's you know that's not, re not revelatory at all but the reality is is that so many businesses fail to go through that step of being very very single-minded and clear about what they want to achieve but until you do have that point of clarity it's very very difficult to coordinate efforts and i think i'm using that word very specifically to coordinate efforts to achieve that um so a very simple solution to a hugely complex problem but um i think it is definitely sort of very pertinent 
greed. Why doesn't it always go back to revenue? Like everything can fall off revenue, and this is obviously the commercial side of me coming out. But like every, there are so many different KPIs and, and different you know ways of measuring impact and brand and different things. But ultimately, aren't most businesses? And I'm not saying profit. Aren't most businesses geared towards growing through revenue? It's tangible, and that's what boards want to see at the end. Yeah, of the day. but I don't think necessarily the starting point should be revenue now because revenue has a multiple different factors which determine it so say if you were looking for market penetration into a brand new market or you're trying to enter into a new uh, product sort of vertical there you have to understand what you want to achieve within that marketplace in terms of penetration before you can actually sort of calibrate what the revenue targets will be because there are just well, those different variables yes and no but you know whether the revenue targets 10 million or whether it's a hundred thousand there's still a tangibility about something you're aiming to achieve there is but that tangibility can come from the back of understanding what you want to achieve if strategically to future-proof your business you need to penetrate the asian market arbitrarily setting a revenue target to penetrate an asian market isn't necessarily going to take you in the direction you need to understand the nuances of that landscape and the realities of the landscape set the revenue accordingly and then you can work towards that tangible outcome Sorry, Kat. <laughs> I, I'd be happy to weigh in. I, yes, come on, please do. This isn't our podcast. <laughs> no, it's a, it a great discussion. And, and listening to you guys, I would say revenue is the goal of marketing, in my opinion. Yep. But there are many milestones along the way. And um, that's where I think we can overcomplicate things. Be clear on what those milestones are. In your example, Benny, I think penetrating uh, a market there will be a few milestones in uh, that tell you whether or not you are successful towards that mm -hmm. as a as a goal. Ultimately, though, I think why marketing exists as a function and how we um, how we drive value for a business is about ensuring that we generate revenue. Yeah. So Kat says we're all right, kind yeah. of. Yeah, she, I, don't know, I, mean, I absolutely can't can't disagree with that. You know, from a marketing perspective, one hundred percent. I think from a actual macro business perspective i do feel that it's not just a simple revenue equation in terms of what we're ultimately trying to achieve but revenue absolutely needs to be a component that falls out of that and then that becomes the tangible work towards mm. for instance what we're going to do is we're going to have a new episode which is going to be <laughs> provocative truth the gloves are off Richard and Benny, uh, and uh, see who prevails. Um, no, Kat, is there anything else that uh, you'd like to say on that topic before we move swiftly on? I will tune into that special edition. Yeah, we're going to video it. It's a live, well. live stream. Live stream. In fact, definitely. I might have a leg up if you're uh, still in that neck race. Uh, no, look, uh, it's been lovely having you on the show. So, Kat, we ask this to every one of our guests. Um, it's a very important topic for us. Um, what we want to know is when you last saw a piece of marketing that made you feel it in your guts? Great question. I, I think the example that comes to mind for me is one that relates back to what we've been speaking about here today, which is what is a branded moment? How, how big or small does that need to be in order to work towards your goal? And I think in doing that also, where, uh, where can a branded moment come from? I really think any team in an organization, global or local, can have such a huge impact on, uh, on the brand. And uh, it'll make more sense when I go into the example, which is something that just flashed by on LinkedIn. Uh, and it's uh, someone that's ordered a McDonald's meal. They're in hospital. Some, some difficult circumstances. The meal arrives and there's a small note that says, uh, we hope you get better soon. This meal's on us. Because they can see from their data that they're delivering it to the hospital. And then they're immediately able to personalize 
and make it complementary. And I thought that is actually very difficult to do. It's a small thing. If you're able to do things like that on scale, I thought it was impressive. No, I, I, I fully agree. Unless they work in the hospital. We won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> but rather than the cynical <laughs> sorry, view of that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Actually, no, I, completely agree. I got given a free falafel wrap when I turned up with this neck brace from the Marcus will always go oh, to. Let me and it was it. very, very touching. <laughs> so obviously I'm being slightly sort of uh, facetious there, but it actually that understanding of your, your customer and being able to create that sort of connection and recognition uh, on the really, really very local scale that I've just described, but the use of data to achieve that at scale with McDonald's, I think so. But, but that's example. not just data. That's um, everyone in the organization being well drilled yeah. about who you are and Absolutely. what you want to be. And if everyone is, they'll be thinking about those moments of delight all of the time. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where I thought it was just a, a really nice example. I mean, ultimately, if you have a significant budget and a clear goal and you're an expert in that field, you have a really uh, good starting point for creating impactful marketing. But if you have a strategy that everyone understands, and to your point, Rich, you're able to think about what will delight my customer and that you feel you have the agency and the trust mm. to do that. That's how I, I that's how I think you make a brand scale Fantastic. across the global and local um, yeah. aspects. And I'm going to borrow your word agency there to sort of uh, put into a sort of like a bit of a, a wrap up almost in terms of this conversation. Like clearly there is a important role to play from a global perspective, setting what that, that vision is, but you have to give your local marketing teams agency. And the way that you can actually give people agency is by providing a framework they can work in. If you don't find that framework, it's very, very difficult to have that that agency, funnily enough, and almost uh, paradoxically. Um, so for me, that was just a, a sort of huge takeout about having that trust within the local team, allowing that experimentation, but putting it within a framework and also setting it within a sort of a time context of this is where we want to get to ultimately. I'm going to trust you to help us get to that destination. Providing we all arrive at the same place, then we're going to be doing our jobs. And then the second thing, which I know we, we dwelled upon, but it is that elegant simplicity of having a goal. And once you're clear on what your goal is, you can work backwards in terms of how you can create that sort of coordinated plan of action. So, yeah, thank you very much. I think it was a really, really interesting conversation. Thanks really, for having me. Really great. Thank you very much, Kat. B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth is brought to you by Allen Agency. To find out more, head to allen-agency.com. You can stream B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else great podcasts are found. And don't forget to click subscribe to ensure you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Allen, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.